any actor sort of embodies the spirit of the book and that they're always taking on entirely new challenges, which may be way over their head. So I've actually really enjoyed listening to audiobooks lately when I've been baking bread, which is a hobby that many of us have picked up to replace our daily commute. There's a wide range of people who use drugs, and a number of these people are in the closet about their drug use. Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet journalist Tom Vanderbilt, sex educator Allison Moon, and professor of neuroscience and psychology, Dr. Carl L. Hart. What better way to kick off January than to try something new? Whether that be in your working life, in your free time, or even, dare we say it, in the bedroom. Go behind the mic to hear where these authors' boundless curiosity and extensive research took them, and where it might take you. Enjoy. Hi, this is Tom Vanderbilt. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be illuminating. What planted the seed for the book was the experience of being the father of a young daughter who was learning a number of things and suddenly realizing that it had been a long time since I had learned any new skills. Narrating my audiobook was harder than I expected. Uh, it turns out that the written book and the spoken book are almost two entirely different books. I realized I had trouble pronouncing particular, <laughs> particularly, which is unfortunate because I tend to use the word quite a bit when I write. I was most excited to narrate the section about singing because I think that good singing and good narration have certain things in common, and also because, among other things, you get to hear me try to describe the strange vocal exercises I was doing in print, which sound a lot different than in person. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I might have cast Ethan Hawke because he's in the book as someone who took vocal lessons from my same vocal teacher. He was playing Chet Baker in a film. And I think also that any actor sort of embodies the spirit of the book and that they're always taking on entirely new challenges, which may be way over their head, like trying to sing exactly like Chet Baker. And I think he would really respond to the spirit of the book. Plus, I like his voice. I do listen to audiobooks, and one that stands out is Bob Dylan's Chronicles. Bob has a great voice. He has a lot of great stories and a very enigmatic personality. And part of the fun is trying to figure out who the real Bob is as you're listening. And now listen to a clip from Tom Vanderbilt's Beginners. As I readied to plunge into the world of beginnerdom, I thought it made sense to start with the most absolute beginners of all, infants. They come screaming into a world of bright light, a barrage of sounds and smells, the sudden shocking tug of gravity. They're equipped with the barest capacities to do anything. If they could make it, I thought, so could I. One spring morning, I headed to one of the country's best places to understand infant behavior, luckily just a subway ride away the Infant Action Lab on the fourth floor of New York University's Center for Neural Science. There, I watched a gregarious 15-month-old named Lily as she gamely adjusted to the fact that her body weight had just increased 15%. With her tiny, cherubic face knotted in puzzlement, she steadfastly plodded on an instrumented, pressure-sensitive mat toward her smiling and cajoling mother, who offered a handful of Cheerios. 
Call it one small step for science, one huge leap for a hungry baby. Hello, this is Allison Moon, author of Getting It, the guide to hot, healthy hookups and shame-free sex. I wrote Getting It because as a sex educator, I find that a lot of the conversations around technique are very well covered in so many different kinds of books, but the etiquette of sexuality is often overlooked, especially when I teach at universities. So many students, they want to know more about the niceties, the human interaction of how to have a relationship, how to talk about what you want. So often the information that we have is so available when it comes to the, you know, insert tab A into slot B kinds of sex ed, but there's very little information about how to talk to somebody you're excited about and how to ask for upgrades when things are happening. And so I wanted to kind of have a comprehensive guidebook for walking through all of the more challenging emotional aspects of casual sex while also honoring how important casual sex actually can be for so many of us. It's not just a thing that a lot of us do on the way to marriage or monogamy, but it's actually part of our lives for our entire lives. And I think it's important to respect that and honor its place within our communities. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook, well, recording my audiobook was I guess, surprisingly fun. I was just really thrilled by the process. I loved hearing my book in a new way. After, especially as an author, having read this book so many times through so many iterations, to actually kind of deliver it to the world as though it was a workshop, which is really my primary form of educating as a sex educator anyway, it was really fun because it felt like I was speaking to an audience and it made me engaged in the material in a whole new way. You know, it's funny. I realized that I did have trouble pronouncing certain things. I think the contraception section was always going to be the hardest one because discussing things like ulipristal and levonstrogel and some of the more medical terms was definitely a challenge. But I also think it was fun for me to experience our regionalisms, words that I take for granted. I certainly do feel like I have a whole new appreciation for the pronunciation of the word vulnerable after having used it so many times in this text and having a very very Ohioan way of saying it. I now am probably going to make sure I pronounce that extra L in vulnerable all the time. (laughs) I think I'm just excited to narrate my own book because I think it's clear how much passion I have for this material in the way that I deliver the information. This isn't just a job for me. This is a passion. This is my life. And so when I am reading this material, it's because I'm speaking from personal experience. I'm speaking a lot about my own sexual history. And I'm also speaking to people with a mission with a deep love and passion for helping people along this path. And I think that comes through in just my enthusiasm and my ardence in the way that I speak about this stuff. If I wasn't going to record the audiobook myself, I would probably cast Viola Davis because I would just listen to her speak for the rest of my life if I could. Her voice is so sensual and so melodic. I just love everything about her voice. The last audiobook that I listened to, I'm actually halfway through Giotto Latino's Trick Mirror, and I really love it. I just have a penchant for, which is probably clear, nonfiction authors reading their own work. And I love that book because, again, Gia's passion and her personal anecdotes are so clearly hers. And I also think she speaks to such a specific 
part of our generation of this kind of elder millennial who remembered the world before the internet and at the same time grew up with the internet. And I think that she captured something very unique about a very specific point in time. And I, I relate to a lot to not only the content, but the way she delivers the content with that self-effacing pride. I would say that I, I like to listen to audiobooks on my commute, but I don't have a commute right now because of the world. So I've actually really enjoyed listening to audiobooks lately when I've been baking bread, which is a hobby that many of us have picked up to replace our daily commute. So yes, I have been enjoying making sourdough bread as half of the population of the United States has been doing while listening to audiobooks. I find it's very meditative and very soothing. And now, listen to a clip of my audiobook. The first thing to figure out before pursuing a hookup is why you want to do it. There are plenty of great answers, and some not-so-great answers, but they're all valid as part of your journey. These might include the thrill of the hunt, a need for touch and closeness, to feel sexy and desirable, adventure and stories to tell, to get over an ex, a desire for intimacy, a desire to avoid intimacy. Stress relief, community building, curiosity, affirmation of gender and sexual identity, pure lust, escapism, practice, spiritual practice, loneliness, to prove to yourself you can do it, to prove to someone else you can do it, to feel cool or accepted, to spite your conservative and or religious upbringing, to make money. Revenge. You want someone who isn't available for a relationship beyond sex. To heal trauma or learn how to feel safe with sex. Or you just dig sex. You love variety and bodies and humans. This is Dr. Carl L. Hart. The reason why I wrote my book was to provide a more realistic view of what a typical drug user look like, to get beyond the stereotypical depiction of drug users as irresponsible people who are troubled. I wanted people to understand that there's a wide range of people who use drugs, and a number of these people are in the closet about their drug use, and they should get out of the closet so we will be less likely to vilify those members in our society who we have pigeonholed as drug users and we'll be less likely to punish them and treat them as if they are just troubled souls imprisoned by the drug. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be, <laughs> no, difficult would be the word. I realized there were many words that I do not enunciate well, particularly words that have... R in them, I cut off the R. I think that's a sort of regional dialect kind of thing. I guess I'm most excited about the possibility of communicating the emotional distress that I feel about how we treat drug users in our society. And I hope that I'm able to communicate to the listener the pain and the anguish that I feel when I think about how we have enforced our 
drug policy in a racially discriminatory manner. I hope I'm able to communicate the positive emotions I feel when I am using a drug such as heroin or MDMA or cocaine or some other drug. I hope I'm able to communicate that to the listener. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast Samuel L. Jackson, Gil Scott Heron. Samuel L. Jackson, of course, is living. Gil Scott Heron is dead. The last audiobook that I listened to that I loved was Bud Not Buddy. My favorite place to listen to audiobooks is in my home near the fireplace. And now, please, if you will, listen to a clip from my audiobook, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. I am an unapologetic drug user. I take drugs as a part of my pursuit of happiness, and they work. I am a happier and better person because of them. I am also a scientist and a professor of psychology specializing in neuroscience at Columbia University, known for my work on drug abuse and addiction. It has taken me more than two decades to come out of the closet about my personal drug use. Simply put, I have been a coward. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening. For more behind-the-mic content and audiobook recommendations, visit www.penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash next listen.